Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, bringing help and encouragement to those dealing with real-life issues. To learn more, visit ConqueringSeedsOfDestruction.com. Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, and my name is Maureen Y. Smith. Now today, I'm going to finish where I left off on from yesterday. For those of you that listened, I was sharing with you the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. since yesterday was the national holiday, which is normally around his official birthday on January the 15th. I had shared with you several things that he had done and accomplished throughout his life. I was almost finished before I ran out of time, so I'm going to finish this last milestone with his life and then move forward in dealing with our own character. As you may remember, I left on talking about the Fair Housing Act and how he was organizing to help poor people. Now, this was not just for African Americans, but for all races who were experiencing poverty in America. In 1967, he and the Southern Leadership Christian Conference started to organize a massive march that was going to be on the Capitol and it would be called the Poor People Campaign, where he would once again talk about the struggles that people of all races were having in America. He also had his issues with people that had fought in the Vietnam War. Now, on April the 4th of 1968, Dr. King was assassinated. President Lyndon Johnson urged the bill to be passed a few days from his assassination to show a final legislative achievement of the civil rights era. Although President Johnson was able to get the Fair Housing Act bill passed, housing continued to be segregated and a difficult thing for people of color to have. As a result, it remained like that for decades with major discrepancies of housing, job opportunities, and financial wealth being limited for people of color, thus causing distinctions in neighborhoods. Suburbs were mostly created for Caucasian families, and urban or inner cities with high minority populations were being created for poor, unemployed people of color, as well as the differences in the types of jobs and positions that were offered for different ethnic groups. Although Dr. King left a memorable mark to keep fighting not only just for racial inequalities, but for all people as a whole who were being wrongly treated and disproportionately given the resources needed to succeed. Now, I shared with you a man that started trying to make a change in people's lives since the time he was a teenager. He had to fight not only against the things that happened to himself as well as his own family, but also for the families of others, even if it cost him his own life, which it actually did. May we all never forget the sacrifices of all the major giants of our past who tried to make a difference in the world that we live in. Now that I have covered the things that Dr. King had done, let me go back to what I asked you yesterday regarding your character. First, let me go back and give you Dr. King's quote that he said in the I Have a Dream speech. Excuse me. He said, 
I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. So let me just ask, why do we look at and judge people based on their skin color versus the content of their character? Why is it that if you are the same color as someone, then you will look at them as a person that may have flaws or shortcomings or etc. as the issues with the content of their character. And then if you are a different race or a color, however you want to label it, then you conclude that their issues are because of their skin color. Why do you not look at them based on their character and not that the character that you have been maybe wrongly taught that people have? There are so many questions that have to be asked and discussed that it makes the conversation challenging only because it becomes hard to know where to start. However, you just have to start somewhere and then try to pull the layers back from there. I think the one thing that must be reiterated is that each person, and that just includes all races, every single race, must pull up their own mirror to see what their role is in causing division or divisiveness among races and cultures, as well as what areas they need to uncover, to heal, to forgive, to let go, to build, to understand, and to just show love to the other person in order to develop a relationship. Now, I saw a quote from Pastor Rick Warren that said, a lie doesn't become truth, wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by a majority. I'm going to share that one again. A lie doesn't become truth, wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by a majority. I think this is such a powerful quote from him because I believe we see a lot of this going on today just in our society. Unfortunately, people search everywhere looking for the truth instead of just being guided by the one person who is truth, which is Jesus. And knowing that the Bible is the absolute truth should cause everyone to seek him out and to just memorize and meditate on his word so that you can operate in a situation with accuracy and truth. Now, the word character means the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. It also means the personality, nature, or disposition of a person. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Again, bad company corrupts good character. And again, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Now, I used to hear when I was growing up, be careful with the company that you keep. I think that can actually be a judgmental statement, especially if you ask someone to define what that actually means, because they may have judged people in a negative way because they did things different than what they were doing or, you know, what somebody else that they saw were doing. Now, I'm not saying that if you come across someone that is participating maybe in some criminal activity, that you shouldn't be cautious because you don't want to get pulled into their destructive behaviors. However, 
you just can't assume that all people are bad. Nor can you look at someone that maybe even have a profitable lifestyle and just assume that they're good people. It does become important to look at people in the light of their character and not by their skin tone. If you come across someone of a different race and their level of intellect or knowledge or understanding is even different than yours, please don't allow that to cause you to be judgmental and say that everyone of that race is of the negative narrative that you have given them. People come from all different walks of life. I don't like the same probably types of food that others may like, but it doesn't make me less knowledgeable or understanding as the next person that may like those things. Now, I can assure you that when Dr. King was trying to help people who were being treated unfairly because of their poverty level, every race was a part of his campaign. Now, let me also just add one more component to this. You have to take a look at the people that you do call your friends. Dr. King shared another powerful quote on this that said, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Again, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Now, this quote became front and center for me when George Floyd had died. This was not only just painful for me to watch when he was dying, but it just also brought back my own pains of racism and my children's pain of racism and all of my families and friends and other countless stories that I have heard along the way and the things that they had dealt with racism. Those flashback moments are never easy to erase, especially when they continue to exist today. Now, when George Floyd had died, we actually had a district meeting to just talk about it and to discuss our feelings about it. Now, at that particular time, my district had 16 people in the district, including me and my manager. We actually were the only people of color. Everyone else happened to be Caucasian. Now, of course, I immediately share my hurt and pain initially <clears throat> and how it brought up other wounds for me. I also shared how these were not just isolated cases like people want to believe. It has been going on for decades, but only now it's just being recorded so people can see what has been taking place and what we've actually been saying for years. Now, after I got done, only one other person said something. Only one. And she's also a Christian, which, you know, I knew that would be something that would probably help me feel better, I guess, about it. But 14 other people sat there quiet as a mouse. Now, after the call, two people called me and said that they were sorry to hear of my stories that I have gone through and that they were going to say something, but just decided not to. Now, I've always believed that if you're going to say something, then you would have said something. Also, it definitely makes you remember the silence of your friends more than the words of your enemies. The silence rings so loud because... Sometimes it just makes you believe that in that silence, maybe those people did feel the same way that some of the other, maybe racist people believe. And if you never say anything, 
or if you never go against the actions of other racist people, and even if you allow it to go on in the presence of even your friends, then how does that make you different? One more last quote that I will share that Dr. King said is, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Again, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. So how can your character be improved? How do you improve your personality, your nature, your disposition, especially if it has been shaped in a way from your upbringing? I believe that you have to first make a decision to want to do better, especially for Christ. In the midst of following him, you agree to just that. You follow him to please him. It always brings me back to Luke 9, 23, which says, And he said to them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Following Christ becomes necessary in order to learn who he is, how he is, what he did, and what he wants you to do for him. But it will require you to deny yourself at all costs. When you choose to allow your character to imitate Christ's character, you will begin to have that new life in him that he wants you to have. The society and the world will begin to get better if each person will be submissive to Jesus, who operates and embodies the true essence of love. Your character must operate in love daily. Now, tomorrow, I will be covering the book again, so please come back and see how things unfold and what God will do in our lives as we are conquering the seeds of destruction. Take care and stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Public author and speaker Maureen Y. Smith brings help and encouragement to deal with real-life issues, giving you permission to live the life of abundance that God wants you to live, allowing peace, joy, and freedom to reign in your life. To book Maureen at your next event or small group, email destruction at gmail.com. And to follow Maureen along in this journey, purchase your discounted copy of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction book and workbook at destruction.com. That's destruction.com.